This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is an episode near and dear to my heart. I love baseball, but I'm scared at the same time. Is it dying? Does it need lifelines? This is all things lifelines for baseball. We're going to save it right here. Me and my two buddies, I got Jack Collinsworth, who I don't know if is a, is a baseball fan. I have to ask him. Corey Robinson. He is wearing a hat. Corey, what is that hat? I'm a, this is a San Antonio Missions hat. I'm down here, down south in San Antonio. I got to take my talents here. Yeah, I got to represent for my hometown. So shout out to the Missions. So, guys, uh, I'm a I'm a little bit older uh, than you two. If people didn't know out there, I've been a baseball fan my whole life. It's been baseball and football have been my two favorite sports. Still a baseball fan, even though they're kind of making it hard right now by not coming to an agreement to play in 2020. But Jack, I, I just I'm curious. Did you grow up a baseball fan? Are you a baseball fan? Were you a baseball fan? You know, <laughs> the most you know, warm. I like baseball. I'll, I'll I'll say this: the, my senior year of high school, I didn't run track, didn't do anything else, and I just didn't go on spring break, didn't do anything, and decided to play baseball. And it was probably the most fun I've had playing sports in my life. Being within the clubhouse, being you know in the dugout, practicing every day, it was a totally different sports environment than I ever experienced. So I'm a fan from that perspective. That makes yeah. sense. Do I watch a hundred plus games a year? Nope. Do you watch three plus games per year? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, are, are, nope. are you uh, at a similar I level? Three, I watch three games a year at least. I yeah. so the thing is this: um, in South Bend, we had the South Bend Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of friends on the baseball team um, at Notre Dame, so I would go to the games. And on a nice spring day, there's nothing like baseball. So I, I love the romantic aspect of baseball. In New York, I go to Staten Island to watch the Staten Island Yankees play. Um, and that's one of my favorite day trips. Because there's nothing like it. It's, you know, a summer day, hanging out at yeah. the ballpark. So I go to at least at least three a, game, a, a year. Hopefully, I, I try to go to the Mets. I try to go to see, see the Yankees. And I try to go to a minor league game. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the atmosphere. I just don't watch it on television. It's so hard to watch on TV. All right, so I'm very curious here because as a, as a lifetime baseball fan, I've come across baseball fans, and I have ideas all the time on how I think we should improve the sport, bring it along, and the diehard baseball fans, the purists out there, they hate it because one thing about baseball, and it's more than any other sport, I think, to this point, is the tradition of the game and this idea that the game has been unchanged since the late 1800s, early 1900s, which is not really the case because it has evolved uh, on its own a lot of times. But what I'm curious to, to talk to you guys about is, are there ideas out there that would get you guys to watch a little bit more baseball, to get invested in baseball, Jack, to get you to watch more than three games uh, uh, per year or two games per year, what it is currently. So you want to just run through some ideas and uh, we'll let's bounce them off each other and see if, uh, see if we like them. And Jack, let's start with one of your ideas here because uh, I think you were talking about the communication uh, on the field and how that could do use a little uh, sprucing up here uh, in the year 2020. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I, I typed in how to fix baseball into Google, and I saw there was yeah. 95 million <laughs> results. 95 million results. That's usually not a good thing. That's no. usually not great. Uh, but one of the ones that I came across, and I think it's a pretty simple fix. Uh, you'll probably hear a lot of this from me today, but every time that I do watch baseball, it, it's pretty apparent. They got to tech this game out a little bit. They got to start to use technology to their advantage, because if you don't, you're going to wind up getting left behind by technology. Uh, and the, the first place that I would do it is I would give a pitcher, a catcher, and a manager an AirPod or, or whatever comparison to an AirPod that you want to make and just put it right in their ear. And so then you'd have two of the three that are able to communicate, two of the three that can talk. I mean, think about the pitcher. He could put his glove in front of his lips and talk uh, about what pitch he, pitch he wants, about what he wants to do in this inning. You don't need to have the – Manager walk out to the mound. None of that's necessary anymore. And then the catcher can communicate with their signals. Uh, so I think you're going to solve a lot of your issues and all the buzzing uh, buzzer guys that you have going on at Houston hopefully gets eliminated along the way. What do you think, Corey? I mean, these that's – wow. I'm impressed for a guy who just watched simple, baseball. Right? Yeah, you're, you're bringing it. You're, you're, I love that. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, I, and I also love this concept of being able to just know, like if you could mic – some of those guys i just want to know what they're talking about on oh, yeah. the field like you have so much dead time i remember i played baseball one time um like in my life and it was in eighth grade seventh mm -hmm. grade i was terrible but i remember being in the outfield for like hours and you just like there's nothing to do you know so what are you talking about what do you talk about for two like, you're standing there for like two <laughs> hours so i just i'm dying to know i just need to know so I, I love the practical aspect that you bring to the table, Jack, but I also am just very curious. Hmm. What are they talking about? Yeah, so so this is an idea that's been floated out, and I think it's gained in popularity now because if there are no fans in any of the stadiums, if they do play baseball, uh, then you will be able to hear the players a little bit more, and you got to fill that sound somehow. Uh, we've talked about it with football and micing up the players, how you can get a, a, a more in-depth view of what's actually talked about. I've said that probably 99% of it is pretty boring that we would rather not even hear uh, at all. But I'm curious, though, because it's often brought up in a way that, oh, this will get the younger fans, the kids to get more involved in baseball. And I think it touches on something something bigger that I always think about is that to get the younger fan, to get the Jack Collinsworth and the Corey Robinson, they've got to like the game. It can't be things around the game. It can't be, you know, miking up the players. And, and they have this thing called Players Weekend where they can design their own jersey and put a nickname on the back. I think that's all well and good. But I think if you think that and that alone is going to get a younger fan in his 20s, late teens, in, excited in the game of baseball, I think you're. it's kind of a pipe dream. I think it can add to the enjoyment of the fans you already have, but I'm dubious in the fact that this might bring new fans i don't wow, know what do you really I, I am complete i am on the other side of the fence on that you know because i the reason i like baseball is because it's a thing to do that's relatively cheap in the summertime you know if i want to go to the beach that is amazing because it's warm you know you get some rays you don't actually have to do anything you just go to the beach and for me the baseball is very similar i just go to the ballpark and it's a four-hour adventure that costs 13 dollars. have a beer have some you know peanuts and cracker jack i love it's just something to do. It's it's really a lot of fun. So from my perspective, that is the thing that makes me interested in the game. I'll watch an inning or two and then say, "Ow, like, I don't really understand this game. Like, what just happened? Can you explain it to me? And then that's kind of like, it's almost like a gateway drug. So if miking up the players is the gateway drug that gets people on, like, you know, glued to the television or in the arena, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I, I can see that, Jack. Uh -huh. 
I, I think baseball missed two huge technological revolutions. And the first one was the flip from radio to TV. It was a great radio sport. You'd sit around, listen to the radio, the broadcaster, play-by-play guy gets super descriptive and tell stories and do all those things. And it was a, it was a fun thing to do uh, in, in you know, America 50 years ago or whatever it is. And then wow. <laughs> that's just the reality. I mean, look at the ratings. And then they missed the second switch, which was TV to social slash digital media. And I don't I don't see of all the major sports, I think baseball very well may be the weakest in the digital space. It's like they've built a moat around their best material and they don't want people to cross that moat. And, and I think that as attention spans fell off a cliff, instead of baseball meeting people where they were with these short attention spans, they tried to stick with the status quo. And baseball, by its nature, is this long drag out sport. Uh, and I think the inability to evolve is what's right now leaving them in danger of being left in the past. Protectionism, I, I think, is what you see from from baseball, and you you see it in the NFL as well. They don't they don't like their highlights being used or tweeted out by people who haven't paid for those rights, and I get it. Uh, you want that that profit of of owning the highlight. You want uh, Twitter accounts for Major League Baseball and all those other accounts you own to have exclusive rights to the highlights. But I do think you're right. I think there's a, a bigger marketing power that if you just let those highlights go, we've seen it. Corey in the NBA where their highlights are everywhere because the NBA and Adam Silver has seen it as a marketing tool. You know, you're not trying to monetize every last cent of all this digital uh, digital rights fees out there. Yeah. However, Corey, but I, I would say this, the NBA, I think, has had a problem in turning those casual fans that are taking those snackable clips and those highlights and those dunks and those Steph Curry threes and turning them into a viewer of an entire game or an actual person who goes to the game. There is a little bit of a problem in taking those fans that just consume the highlights and making them anything more down the road. Yeah, but I think that you have to cater to different audiences. So like even in basketball, you have half the games of a baseball season and I mean, it still drags on. You're like, man, these are all, this is a lot of games. You know, like I can't even watch every Spurs game. There's just so many games right. played, right? And that's only for one team. And then you're like, oh, dang, I got to watch the Lakers, the Bucks. I got to watch every other team. So you almost have a fatigue in that sense. So I, I think that uh, it's almost like when you watch football, when you watch NFL, you have like some fans who just watch the red zone and watch, you know, eight games at the same time, four games at the same time, but they're only cluing into red zone because that's, you know, they're watching for fantasy. They're not actually football fans. They just want to know what happened so they can, you know, uh, keep track on their on their fantasy players. So I feel like in the same sure. sense, uh, baseball just needs to understand that there are different fans. Maybe there are the, the snackable fans who just want to do highlights, who are just like MLB The Show players who just love the action of baseball. Other fans like yourself want to actually follow a team throughout the entire season. And and uh, and then there are just other fans who are into it, like myself, just for the ambiance, and that's okay, you know. But you can cater to each of those fans to grow the sport. Yeah, and I, I would I would say like from the just just to go back on your original point, um, it's it's for me it's more about the storytelling aspect and making stars out of your best young players. I just, I don't see enough of that with regard to baseball. I just don't know many of these young baseball stars. Like if you if they could walk straight past me in the street and I go, I'm, I, I I just don't know. I mean, they could be a top five player in the league, yeah. and I just wouldn't know them. Uh, and to me, that's that's specific to what we're talking about in the digital social media space, but also the storytelling. Uh, and, and if you're not hitting home there, it's like the Olympics. I mean, it's like the NFL. It's like the NBA. They, they dominate uh, in that arena. And if you don't, it's pretty hard for people to root for your guys. They need to be likable characters. Yeah, like who's Mike Trout? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike yeah. Trout is the best 
play baseball player in the game right now. I know nothing about him. I don't even know if he's funny. I don't know his personality. I don't know anything about his right. family. Like, I don't know anything about Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. It's an influencer generation, right? So if you don't have these influencers that are driving your young audiences into the clubhouse, onto the field, onto TV to watch the games, back to social to consume, you have all these different touch points with your audience. If you're not hitting all those different touch points, the reality is that somebody else is. Yeah, and these are younger players. I think the culture of baseball has has hurt every baseball player, whether they're coming up in their 20, 21, 22. The culture of baseball has been, you know, unless you're a veteran, been in the league for 10 years, you got to keep your mouth shut, stay out of the mm -hmm. limelight, don't make this all about you. Um, mm. But I think you're right, and I've thought a lot about this. I was like, why? Because there are commercials. Major League Baseball does try to market their stars. Um, but I was like, they, I think the thing that hurts baseball in the in the idea of marketing their stars or getting huge huge mega stars is the nature of the game because when you mm -hmm. think about it in basketball right steph curry every time down the court can touch the ball he can shoot every time down the court if he wants to tom brady when you're on offense he's got the ball in his hands mm -hmm. every offensive snap and so he's on the tv basically 50 percent of uh, the television broadcast steph curry it's even more of the television broadcast baseball by the nature of the way the rules are is that you have nine batters and Mike Trout's going to get the same amount of airtime at the plate as their number nine hitter. Yeah. And so there is one idea that I have thrown out there before that uh, people don't generally like, but I'm, I'm guessing that you two as younger baseball fans may enjoy it. Uh, mm. The six man lineup. So the lineup as it stands right now is one through nine. I, I've often thought that if you just reduce the number of people who bat in a game, you see them bat more often. There's Aaron Judge, I, I put at the yeah. top of a theoretical Yankees six-man lineup. You put him at the top, he bats instead of three or four times a game, he bats five, six, or seven times a game. And that's at least a way to start to get them on the broadcast a little bit uh, more. Traditionalists hate it, guys, but I think it's, I think it's worth talking about. I kind of love it. Yeah, I, I think from my perspective, I don't know if it's necessarily a marketing issue in the sense of like, who is Aaron Judge? I think it's more of um, national versus local fan bases, right? So um, the New York Times had this really interesting article talking about um, where baseball's fans are mostly coming from. And you'll see that in their regions, they are king. Like in Colorado, uh, you get more searches for the Rockies than for the Broncos, right? But no one knows who's on the Rockies outside of Colorado. And like, because you just don't get the, the games. Like, it's really fascinating because that's an issue we see in basketball with the San Antonio Spurs is why would I want to go play in San Antonio, theoretically, if it's a smaller market and I'm not going to be on national television? Same thing in college football. You go to Notre Dame, every week you're playing on national television, right? right. So you can actually get to a wider fan base. But in baseball, you, you are like the, you're the show in every small market. Um, like, I think 12 out of the 29 uh, teams are the number one primetime cable in that region, right? And then an additional seven of the top three cable program in that region. But no one cares nationally. Hmm. So I think that's what David Stern understood with basketball is if you take these guys who are kings in their normal local regions, you make them in the national stars, and then you have them together on the dream team. You send them off to Barcelona, play in the Olympics. Now they're international stars. You brought the entire reputation of the N NBA to a, a global superstardom state that only soccer can can um, hmm. basically compete against. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Ahmed, I think I think you made that that point. You guys are almost arguing the same thing from where I sit in terms of 
you're talking about making six real superstar guys. I mean, what, what happens when you're watching a baseball game and you get to six in the lineup, you're going, shit, when the hell are we going to get back to number one? So I can see one of these stars get up there okay. and hit a double. I, that's what everyone's doing. And so I think you guys are arguing the same point. One of the real magics of the NBA is that you have the ability to go, we have five guys and we have three that you really need to care about. But we have five guys that you yeah. need to know their names. And right now, baseball has nine. And really, we're lucky if we know one Cincinnati Red. I live in Cincinnati. I'm a sports fan. So if you only had six that I needed to worry about, I'd probably have four down pat. Because I get to see them so much more often. So I love it. Back to the attention span mm. thing. You're getting me back to the back to the action, back to the butter real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so no. I think I, I read this one thing about the the World Baseball Classic because I was wondering – I was, sure. You know, watch the Bruce Lee. Well, thing that's, and I, yeah, that's kind of like what you were talking about here, because that is the element of baseball. Seems like it's a it's a tie to the land. There's a lot of local pride. But when you get to the World Baseball Classic, you do feel how big baseball can be and how an entire country can can embrace it for sure, Corey. And I think uh, like I think it was the wrong timing, because at the moment when this came out, um, you had, I think, three international competitions all concurrent, right? You had this, you had uh, the Olympics, and another international baseball competition, the World Cup, that then became defunct in 2013, right? So in my mind, that's talk about a land grab. Like, which one do you promote? I'm very confused. So now this is the only game in town, right? Because it's no longer in the Olympics after 08. But what's fascinating to me is that you look at 2006 when the first time professional major leaguers could actually play, or no, actually did play, um, it didn't make waves like 92's dream team in basketball. And I was wondering why that was, you know, why not? Why didn't uh, the world kind of gravitate to it in the same way that they did to basketball? And I think you guys are both hitting on the head. They didn't have a Michael Jordan. You know, it was there wasn't a superstar. Maybe that's because of FaceTime for whatever reason that could galvanize uh, fans around the world. Yeah. And I think I think the World Baseball Classic is at a weird it's a weird time too because they they have it during spring training and some of the players don't even want to go because they're getting ready for their actual season and it's still kind of in its infancy so some of the players are all gung-ho about it you see a lot of the international players who are more excited about playing than necessarily some of the the american players not all but some of the american players there's hope there with the world baseball classic but i think it's just totally different not tied to the olympics at all yeah. and the fact that it's during spring training i think it makes some of the players a little hesitant to to go play and ramp up and play these high pressure games before their 162 game season begins. I think it's a great idea though. Guys, what do you think about this? Let me throw this one at you. Mm -hmm. So there was an idea. And I, I think it was John Smoltz who backed this up. There is uh in the minor leagues do this a ton. You have two halves of the season. So Corey mentioned the fact that it's such a long season. I think that's some of the charm is that you can turn on the TV every day and see your favorite baseball team playing that night or during the day. But it is a long season, and you wonder, do these games in May or June even, even matter? What if you split the season into first half, second half, and you reset? You reset after 81 games, and so games then in May could be super crucial because you're getting to the end of the first half, and games then in September are crucial because you're getting to the end of the second half. Do you guys... Would you guys like to see a, a split season where you, you just separate the two of them? I buy it. We, we can split it into the first half and the second half. Then we just get rid of the second half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's, exactly, that's all you want. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Me and Jack are on the same page. I think, I, I think if you're playing three to four, I looked at the, you know, the schedule for like, let's say the Cubs for 2019. You're playing three to four game series every week 
against the same team. To me, that's bonkers because that is a playoff. What's the difference between a world, you know, what's the difference between a playoffs and just a normal, just normal series? I, to me, that's what makes basketball so fascinating because I'm like, okay, the Lake, I've never seen the Lakers and Bucks go best out of seven. But like every week, the Reds, you know, it's just like, who cares? Like, you know, you play the same team four times in the same week. Like, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I say, if you just have, I know you're talking about like if you had the Sunday game count more, what if you just said, screw Ooh. it? Let's I just cut the game. Let's cut the season in half. Or only play, or let's even better. Let's just do one third because you're playing three to four game series anyways. Just play fifty four games, and only play each team once. So talking about expanded like ticket revenue, attendance is already dropping in game, right? So yeah. you give fans a reason to come out because this is the only show in town this week. So you want to come to the ballpark. You only have one opportunity to do so. You can maximize ticket sales, and then people can actually follow their teams because there's not enough, there's not that many games. And then at the end of the year, playoffs mean something. Yeah. So Jack, yeah. this is this is the football model right here. Um, and Corey, no, I was not suggesting to only play on Sunday. I know you want to oh, crush okay. the baseball season and get and get us <laughs> down to like 40 games, which they might actually do this year. Uh, but Jack, what do you think of this? This is like the NFL model. So you play every day still, you, you keep the same number of games, 162 or whatever. but sunday counts for three games you get three wins if you win on sunday you get three losses if you win on or three losses if you lose on sunday so that even though you're still playing every day sunday is a huge day in the baseball week did i get you excited i don't i actually don't i don't don't hate it i do i do not i'm not gonna say i hate it off the jump not off the bat no (laughs) pun intended but I, I, i especially in a year like we're looking at with 2020, that could be a possibility But to sort of combine the two of your points that if you don't have as many games and you don't have as many opportunities if we're playing 40 games instead of 100, whatever it is, we could take those Sunday games where we don't have the full series and we make a Sunday game worth more. It's like a bonus. It's a money ball. It's a daily double. Gets people a little more fired up, a little more excitement. Sport seems like it could use that. I'll go ahead and throw that in the ring. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that I'm throwing these ideas out at you guys who are not baseball fans because <laughs> I, I guarantee if we had a baseball <laughs> player here, they would not have the same reaction to but any yeah, but, of these. But we're all we're, you're the pe- we're the people you're trying to convince, right? So if, if we're Jack the people they're it, trying to convince to watch. That's true. So this is so, the perfect audience. We're the swing yeah. boat. I, I think oh, too. We're talking yeah. about the 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 time. Um, the time attention span. This is going to be very unpopular. I'm going to throw it out yeah. there because, you know, I trust you guys. I feel like this is a safe space. Put it in the ring. <laughs> I don't think that's an issue. I, I'm telling you, cricket has a billion fans around mm. the world. And cricket, those matches are so long. The average baseball game is three to four hours. A test match in cricket is six plus hours of gameplay over three to five days. Although test match people are worried about the future of tests because they're like, who'd want to sit around for a week watching one match? Great, valid point. So they invented two other uh, forms of cricket formats. One is the one day, which is basically half of that. It's all in one day. So you have 50 overs instead of 90 overs. And um, that normally takes about eight hours, but it's only one day. And then the most popular form of cricket is something called 2020, which was introduced in the early 2000s. And this is fascinating because there's only 20 overs. So you're basically taking the original game and cutting it into, you know, 25% of that and saying, we're going to play a fourth of test cricket and the stakes are much higher. The game is four hours long and uh, it's just more exciting. And this game has just taken off. 
So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, you could try to use this model of a 2020 model in baseball, do it in the minors, make the game shorter, don't play nine innings, or if you're going to play nine innings, just shorter the season, shorten the season. But either way, you cut it and then see if it works in minors and bring up to majors. I think this would be great. Some can, of those Yankee Red Sox games. games. Can we do it? What's or is that, is it totally change the record book and all those things? Or steroids already burnt that to the ground for the seven inning game? Yeah, that, that's a that's a good question because um, it does it totally it it wrecks. I mean, the baseball season has expanded. You know, 156 games to 162, and so baseball fans are like already feeling uneasy about that. The record book are, are, is so. Um, historic in baseball and these numbers you know 756 and babe ruth's home run record before that that i think you'd, you'd have a lot of resistance but i'm with you guys i think we've gotten to a point where how do you compare these eras the eras are are so different and right now we see strikeouts increasing every year for over a decade every single year for over a decade strikeouts wow. have increased so you can't tell me you can necessarily compare the strikeout numbers to the players today as to those back when Nolan Ryan was pitching, it's just not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. So I think, I think Jack, a seven inning game is, is a great compromise. I think you keep the 162 game season, Jack, and then you go seven inning games. And what that does too is, is that makes each inning a little more important. Every, Mm -hmm. every out of every game becomes more important. Um, so I, I'm on board. You think you'd be more likely to watch? Cause here's what I think people go. Well, if you don't like baseball, why are you going to like seven innings and not nine innings? Well, I like baseball. I'm a baseball fan. I would like to be able to watch a game from start to finish. I used to be able to do that. I had now have kids and that's part of the reason why I, I have a hard time, uh, getting through a whole game, but I would like to do that. I would like to sit down and dedicate, you know, two and a half hours, maybe at most three and, and watch a full game from start to end. And I feel like sometimes I just can't do that now. It, it reminds me of high school baseball. It's one of the things I loved about high school baseball is that you feel like there's an end in sight. You feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and, and the whole thing moves. I mean, it really does. And to your point, it's like every everything feels more important throughout the course of a game. Uh, and also, I think you would have – I'd be more likely to go to the game. I just would. I mean, yeah. not, not only is baseball by nature going to get drawn out and it's going to be three and a half hours plus, it has the possibility of going all night every single time. Yeah. There's just not many sports like that. The NFL, 10-minute overtime, they're sending you on your way. I mean, that is it. Yeah, they're, they're shutting the lights off at a certain point. So uh, soccer, they're shutting the lights off at a certain point. It, to some degree, having a clock that says two hours and 45 minutes and just starts ticking. And at the end of that sucker, whoever has the wow. more runs, call it a game. Yeah, uh, Have a pitch clock, just like that one, a 20-second pitch clock where the pitcher just – Okay, thing hits the mitt, 20 seconds resets, 19, 18, 17. You don't have that thing off? Okay, well, that's that's an automatic ball. You just put a ball right there in the column. You had what was wow. the count, two and two, now it's three and two. So you, yeah. you just immediately punish. All of a sudden, this game is going to be like this. It's just going to be pace card, just, just moving, moving, moving. And if a team's down, they're going to be throwing these pitches fast as hell. And if a team's up and trying to milk it out like soccer, milking the injuries on the field all the time, you just run the you just run the shot clock on them. Put the twenty seconds on the clock, and you got it solved on both ends. Yeah, Corey. Part of the part of the wow. charm of baseball is that it doesn't have a clock. I feel like, but the reason games are taking longer now is because of exactly what you mentioned, Shaq. Is between pitchers that time has increased exponentially. It used to be around twenty seconds, which is what 
many have proposed a pitch clock to be, but you see it upwards of 30 seconds now. And if there are guys on base in a crucial situation, especially in the playoffs, that can grow even beyond that. And so getting that non-action time out of the game, or at least reducing it as much as you can, I think is a huge benefit. And that might actually be something that could get Corey, you excited in the game. Yeah. Imagine in football, it's a great point. Imagine in football, if you had, you know, like two minutes in between every play, <laughs> I'd be unbearable. Yeah. So I, I do love that concept of a play clock just, just to minimize the the downtime. But I also agree with you, Ahmed. You're like, I love, I love, love, love that fact that when you get to the ballpark, time doesn't exist. You know, like it's just, you don't even know yeah. what's happening. It's just, you're there and it's about the game and uh, and you're in it. And then you leave and you're like, oh my God, that was four hours <laughs> of my life. But I, but I do. The libations you have, the faster it goes, right, Corey? <laughs> exactly. More libations, <laughs> there is no time. We work uh, libations into the pod, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be Jack Singh now. Every, Two every in time. a row. I like yeah, it. So I'm, on I, board. I, I'm with you. I love that idea of a pitch clock because it, that's not yeah. really that in your face. You know what I'm saying? Like if there was a, a timer, like, you know, on like the, the scoreboard or something like that, like that would be a little offsetting to me because that's almost like putting a scoreboard in Notre Dame. There was so much pushback because why would you do that to a traditional stadium, even though we needed right. to modernize? But it still, you know, kind of like took people some adjusting. But I feel like a pitch clock is easy. Yeah, you know what's funny, and you, and you mentioned it. When you go to the game, you don't care as much if the game takes forever. That's exactly what Major League Baseball found when they did some studies. Is that, and this is the problem with trying to satisfy two different audiences. You got the at home audience, and you got the in the stadium audience. And the in the stadium audience is very crucial for for Major League Baseball because you got eighty one home games. The people in the stadium said they didn't care as much about the game taking longer. And they they if you make the drive to the game and spend the money, you wanna. You want to watch a, a long game. People at home do not like that. And so that's that's an issue of, of Major League Baseball has of trying to satisfy all parties. And you end up making making none of them happy. Guys, let me throw this one at you. Mm -hmm. You ready? You're not, you know, diehard baseball fans, so you probably are all about it. The bat flip. Uh, oh, yeah. Letting players have a little more fun on the field, showing emotion without it being construed as showing up the, the other team. What do you guys think? Turn the volume up, baby. Turn it up to yeah. 10. That's what you got to do. At the same time, you should have them mic'd up. And then as soon as they come back in the dugout, you should have them on Instagram, Instagram okay. Live, YouTube Live. You go back into the clubhouse, Instagram Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Periscope. I would be doing all of that at all times. Uh, you you got to eliminate the mystery. I, I know that baseball thinks that it's still 1950 and that there's some mystery and this mysterious element is going to somehow build the game into the future. It's not. Uh, full transparency is, and I, I don't know that. I think that the truthfully, the power source within baseball is too strong in the traditional sense to where I don't know that this transition is going to happen in time. I think eventually they will transition into this all access world. But I think by the time they do, by the time they realize they have to, in my opinion, it'll be too late. What do you think, Corey? Wow, I mean, I felt like that was. Uh... That was a beautiful platform speech, man. Like you should just run for a commissioner. Like that was. I feel was like beautiful. there, yeah. There's a job in the communications department of Major League Baseball for Jack. There. <laughs> Where's their office? Where, where was that? <laughs> that? That's in Midtown, man. Midtown Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been to the MLB office one time. Been to the commissioner's office one what's, time. What's the? Uh, give me the vibe, man. What's, what's, what's it like up there? It's just an office. It's you know it, it was <laughs> it was just an office. Jack's out now. Jack's out. Even though it's in Midtown, he's out. His vibe. What's the commissioner's vibe? Anybody know? I've never met the commissioner. 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't, I've never, I've never met the commissioner. And there's, I mean, there's obviously a lot of problems with, with baseball right now. And, you know, the, the timing of, of coronavirus, I think really did make it harder on major league baseball than any other sport out there, because there's a way you can figure out for basketball to end a season, do the playoffs, uh, even not with every team hockey, you can figure out a way to end the season. Football's had the off season this whole time. So trying to figure out a way to complete a season with 162 games um, was always going to be difficult. And especially because of the contentious relationship that the players union and major league baseball have had when yeah. times were good, when they're just trying to figure out ways to divvy up $10 billion when, uh, when the times were good, I, I think it was always going to be hardest for, for major league baseball. And so, it's a it's a time to reflect for them. And so I think hopefully Rob Manfred, even though I have not met him, is watching all things <laughs> lifelines for baseball right now and getting some ideas. Um, guys, let's do some rapid fire okay. to finish it off because I clipped off. Oh, wait. A bunch. I mean, also, I just wanted to put oh. on one thing to answer yes. the question. The, I, I agree with Jack. I think that one of the reasons that this mysterious, like, you know, the kind of mysterious nature of baseball and, and gentlemen's kind of game and respect, that's beautiful. Love that. But it does not help in the influencer world that we do live in because there are so many personalities in baseball, right? Like there are just great personalities that I don't know about. Right. And like, you have to go into the weeds to kind of let the guys really come out and you're like, Oh wow. Like big poppy is hilarious. You know, like I wish yeah. there were more opportunities for guys to show off how funny they are. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there are a lot more characters that we, that talk about storytelling that we should know about, but we don't because of the respect aspect of baseball. And if they yeah. just let people like, they won't even let them bat flip. Like how, how are these players supposed to come out and become, you know, international superstars where they can't even bat flip. And, and that's going to repair, that's going to repair the relationship between the league and the players. Cause the players understand the importance of this. These are young guys that live in the digital space. They grew up in this world. They know the importance of this to their personal brands, to their earning potential in this short period of their life. All of these things, they get that. So if baseball puts a megaphone behind everything that they're doing socially, digitally to create them into stars, they're going to like you more. I mean, let them bat, let them do whatever they want. Let them show you what cool is. And all of a sudden your game becomes cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because I think there are some people out there that think, well, give every Major League Baseball their own TikTok account or get them to do stuff off the field uh, on Instagram or in commercials. But I think you both nailed it and are 100% right, is that these these big moments and these uh, these attraction to the younger audience moments have to happen during the game. They have to happen during the time when most people are watching you and most people are invested in what you're doing. And so you're right. I think showing that emotion during the game is crucial. And it's not one of these things where it's like off the field, we're going to get to love these guys. No, it's got to be on the field that you see these uh, personalities and, and all the different things come out. NBA has done a great job of that. Steph Curry is one of the most loved players in, in the NBA, but he is a ham on the court, especially when he's winning <laughs> and rubbing it in, uh, in everyone else's, else's faces out there. He's so having fun. Could give a popular opinion. Could they make A-Rod the commissioner? Oh, why do you say that? Because he would fix everything. You think? <laughs> he would fix everything. And A-Rod you trust. And here's the thing. Did he use some juice? Yeah, yeah I think he did use some juice. I think he might have got tagged with that, but who didn't? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. also, when they took him off the juice that last year, he was still hitting the ball pretty damn well. People people forget that. Remember yeah. that? He was like 40 years old, too. He was a good hitter. I know. That's what I, like. Even all the all Mark McGuire, they're all good hitters. They just wanted to be a little bit better hitters. 
Um, yeah, and so they found a way to do that. All right. So here, let's go rapid fire because I got a, a couple more pictures here. I don't even remember why I clipped them off, but let's just go through them. Um, this is Pete Alonzo last year. Oh, yeah. This is the home run derby. Some think, and even I think Justin Turner of the Dodgers said for this year, switch it up. Instead of those extra inning games, Corey, like you said, could go on forever. Uh, you end it after nine, and then you just do a home run derby to determine the winner for that day. What just like think? PKs. Love it. This is yep. amazing. Could penalty you imagine kicks. the, yeah, I yeah, just like penalty kicks. There's so much yeah. drama, and uh, I love that pitting against the pitcher. And plus, pitchers are one of the most famous people in baseball, right? So talk about, like, the superstars. Allow your superstar to rise to the occasion and say, win the game for us, Michael Jordan. You know, like, that kind of level superstar. Like, if you yeah. just say, the pitchers have to win, and they have to strike you out, and it's only a home run could can win it. Oh man, that would be amazing. Oh, so it's like an actual at bat. It's not like law. You're picturing it as not like lobbing him up there and some sort of soft tossing guy no. just giving him meatballs. You think you have to hit a home run, or else it's over. That's interesting. <laughs> or you know, or something where you have to get a hit. Let's just make make it a little easier. You have yeah. to get a hit, and you only have three pitches. You know, and it's just like wow. It's bat your best batter. Send them against the best pitcher, and like you got to get a hit or we lose the game like that could be really cool the baseball traditionalists have uh have all gotten sick to their stomach you'd have to have, um, the <laughs> have, to have, a, have an arm that's ready to fire though right you'd have to have a greased cannon a lot of the times true all, you know they got the ice pack on the elbow i don't want to be a stickler for the details here but that's a good point one of, okay one of those similar idea one of those similar ideas is starting with a man on on second base and extra innings out there that could kind of move things along a little bit quicker um, Why did I put this? Oh, this is a dugout picture because I think, Jack, you were insinuating you should put microphones everywhere and have a, a separate feed. Or no, maybe that was John Barnes, one of our producers that thought maybe we put a feed everywhere. You can select it on the MLB at bat app and you can you can be anywhere in the ballpark at any time. I, I actually kind of like that idea. Yes, they should, they should do all of that. And I, I also think when you have BP earlier in the day. Why don't you just have a live feed set up for BP so that any high school baseball coach around the country, any dad around the country teaching his son to swing or how to take BP, how to take it serious, that you just you, you can click in at 5 p.m. to that live feed every single day and watch the best Mike, Mike Trout uh, name another good baseball player. Yeah, you watch the best players in the world <laughs> sit there and take BP and, and go, why, why is he lofting the ball like that? Why is he using the jug? Why, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, the specifics of these drills and, and open it up so that when you're getting these young audiences, you're you're making them a part of the process. I mean, that's if you guys haven't figured it out yet. I mean, that that's the game. Make them a part of the process. And all of a sudden they'll show up to the ballpark for you. Yep. Uh, last picture I'm going to put in here. Other producer, Matt Casey, one of his favorite childhood memories was when Bobby Valentine. Don't know if you guys know this. So this was June 9th, 1999. So uh, just uh, just the anniversary just came up yesterday. That's Bobby Valentine. That's the uh, manager of the New York Mets. He had been tossed of the game. He normally does not have a mustache. He got tossed from the game. He went back into the clubhouse, reemerged a couple innings later, wearing a disguise with a mustache and sunglasses. Wow. <laughs> if you want to talk about having fun in baseball, this is all we need. Just Bobby Valentine in, in a disguise on the bench, and we're having fun. That is so next level, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> oh my God. Baseball didn't like it. Major League Baseball, they disciplined him for that. But I'd like to see Pete Rose, Pete Rose get back out there looking like that. Oh, maybe he could get in the Hall of Fame just by putting on a mustache and uh, and some sunglasses because he's banned otherwise, right? <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, 
button it up. You guys have have anything that we've talked about here here today. Do you think if Major League Baseball implemented it tomorrow and actually played games tomorrow, <laughs> that it would get you get you to watch it? Or is it a sport that you think is too far gone and just the way it's constructed and it's just not it's not going to be for you at a you know more than just a casual fan? Well, I think for me, um, baseball just needs to learn to adapt. Just like, like I said, just like cricket, baseball has 170 million fans, right? Um, cricket has a billion and cricket is a global game. Baseball is a global game to a certain extent, but it has hubs here, Mexico, Japan, right? South Korea, Taiwan. All I'm trying to say is create different formats so you can build the game just like rugby got sevens just like cricket made 2020 like you yeah. can create spinoffs of baseball that doesn't affect the traditionalists let the traditionalists have t- tradition let cricket fans have tests but then let the new generation of people who can't sit down for eight hours or five hours or however long let them have baseball too it's not an either or you can actually do this together hand in hand and it'll be good for the game it'd be good for baseball and i think a lot of the traditionalists i know we probably offended a lot of people but i think they have to understand that if they if they really love the game they should not hamper the game's growth they should be willing to let the game grow and live and adapt um because the game is alive if they're it's not like a dead language where it's just like you know no one changed Latin and then no one speak Latin like that's not a good thing for baseball we want to watch baseball we want to see baseball live so let it live it's going to look different, but let it live. Yeah, and I think, Jack, if, if baseball is being real with themselves, yeah, they're trying to attract the new fan, but they're trying to keep the fans that they have. And I know that as the games have gotten longer, as other entertainment options have emerged as more exciting out there, and you have Netflix now, you didn't have that before, they're worried about keeping the fans that have been baseball fans just as much as they are about, about trying to get new fans, Jack. Yeah, back, back to the original question about can, can they survive and if you implement any of these rules, could would you convert fans? And they better hurry up is all I'm going to say. <laughs> they're yeah. already late. And pretty soon they're not even going to be able to get into the party because uh, yeah. it's just not like you're only competing against the the, the old schools. Esports yeah. is coming for their ass too. And esports is going to pass their ass soon if they – keep the same strategy. And and so yes, I think it's still possible, but they would they would have to go all access fast and and they would have to jump into this space uh full bore and and they'd have to go all tech and they'd have to explain to the traditional fans uh via the storytelling we're talking about why they're making these switches, why they're evolving with the times, why this is important. Uh how they're still trying to keep old traditions. Like if, if they're going to if they're going to somehow try to mix these two worlds, grab the new audience and also maintain the old storytelling is going to have to be that key component about why they're doing it. They, they need to really explain to their fans, let them behind those closed doors as to why they're doing it. Uh, and based on everything I've seen, I don't see anybody's wheels turning in that way that has real power in the sport of baseball yeah. other than an A-Rod type. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's why I go. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. The problem with trying to implement change in an organization like Major League Baseball is oftentimes when you're most compelled to do it, it's too late. You've you've mm-hmm. already you've already missed the boat. And so I think you guys you guys make great points. And we're sending this to Midtown New York to get it on the desk of Rob Manford to see what he thinks of it. And hopefully he does not throw it right in the trash. Corey, Jack, yep. well done. There you we go. saved ba- I think we saved baseball. We're going to be America's pastimes most wanted. You do wait. That's probably more (laughs) likely. That's a good point. All right, guys. Well done. We'll talk soon. Cheers, boys.